Now I know I know what you're asking. Uh, I know what you're wondering. Mm. Um, I, I, am I a psychopath? That's probably what you're thinking, isn't it? That's probably what you're wondering. It is now. Yeah, am I a psychopath? Why don't we start by Why don't we start by just rolling back a little bit and maybe expanding on that term a little bit? If I were to ask that, you, please do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What What is it? What is a psychopath? What is psychopathy? What is a psychopath? Mm. You're asking me this question. Yeah. This is. That's a very good question because I constantly am wondering. Like, I think I Google several times a year difference between psychopath and sociopath. Mm. Um, and I'm not entirely sure, although I think I kind of get what a sociopath is. I don't know. I think of a, a psychopath as someone who, um, I don't, gosh, now that I'm trying to think of it, I'm like, what? Like an it's amoral person who... Very interesting, isn't it? It's a term that gets yeah. flung around. Yeah. And would it interest you perhaps to know that it isn't... Uh, 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 an in-use medical diagnosis, a psychiatric I diagnosis. I do think I knew that as well, which maybe is part of why... There's that, like, I don't know what is that. There's <laughs> that kind of directory, isn't there, of, of mental health diagnoses, which is used yes. by clinicians, used by doctors, and psychopath doesn't show up in mm-hmm. that. So, it, you know, nobody is going to diagnose you. Well, Mr. Lewis, you're a psychopath. Nobody is going to diagnose you as a psychopath because it isn't sure. a... You know, uh, 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 it's not in the DSM five. That's the one, the DSM five. I would love, by the way, to get my hands on a copy of the DSM five. I know it's readily available. Yeah, it can't Um, be that hard. I think I I had one when I was in like my psychology class in college. Well, it was before at that point, but yeah. Yeah, and you have to be a clinician to use it, don't you? You have to be a clinician to use the DSM five. But you won't find psychopath in there. I mean, generally, it's a term used. You know, for those with antisocial behavior traits, narcissism maybe mixed in there, uh, mm-hmm. impulsive behavior, risk-taking behavior, disregard for the emotional state of others. Um, right, so sort of like a, you know, a combination of personality disorders lumped yes. into one. Lack of sure. guilt, lack of empathy, all of those are among the traits that a quote-unquote psychopath might display. Um, some of the most famous, of course, our boy Ted. Um sure. Zodiac. I was actually, actually, interestingly, uh, just today watching a program about d- did did the case of Beverly Allett ever make it across the states? Off the top of my head, I don't know the name. Uh, Beverly was, and uh, I mean, she's alive. She's a, she's she's uh, in custody as we speak. But Beverly Allett was a nurse in the UK uh, in the uh, late eighties. I want to say eighty nine or ninety, and on her watch. Uh, four kids got murdered and she poisoned. Oh, you know I hate these nurse yes, and doctor I do, ones. I do, I do, Ugh. I do. But yes. Um, Scary. There are, there are plenty of people who conform to lots of those different traits. Here's an interesting sure. one for you, right? I don't know if you know this, but uh, a while back there was a uh, a doctor by the name of Samuel Laystead, right? Okay. Who recruited a load of his... Um, uh, friends in the the brain doctor industry and together they watched 400 movies right uh, uh-huh. from 1915 all the way through to 2010 and highlighted within all of those movies that they watched a series of fictional psychopathic characters right okay um they uh ended up they ended up highlighting uh 
126 fictional psychopathic characters and then they analyzed all of those psychopathic characters to come up with the ones which displayed the best and most convincing on-screen depiction of psychopathic or sociopathic personality disorder. Ooh, so who mm. do we who do we get? Uh would you like to guess perhaps who the best and most accurate and most faithfully depiction uh, depicted sociopathic or psychopathic character in cinema was it's quite recent it's quite a recent movie recent one most uh, a recent give me like like how recent are we talking uh in the 2000s post 2000 ooh this is it out of horror nope in fact no Many of the depictions of quote-unquote psychopaths in horror are wildly inaccurate and bogus. Yeah, I would imagine. Mm. Um, tell you what I'll do, right? Tell you what I'll do. I'll let you okay. think on it, and I will tell okay. you at the end of the episode. Are you really going to remember to do that? Uh, are you going to remind me? No. No! <laughs> what would make you think that I would remember that? All right, I'll tell you what. I will. I will remember. I will remember. Okay. Because as interesting as... as as it is to talk about psychopaths. I mean, you're probably also wondering, are you a psychopath yourself? You're uh, probably wondering I mean, that, aren't you? I mean, I've wondered this a lot. Uh, about me? Yes. No, about, about myself <laughs> and about the people you walk past. You know, is Corey a psychopath? I think she might be. Yeah. I In the street. I am a pretty empathetic person, so I feel pretty confident. But I don't know. Maybe you're about to tell me that I'm not. Well, I'll tell you. Um... <laughs> Far more than that uh, book of diagnoses that we spoke about earlier on. There's, sure. there's also the internet, you know, which is really good at helping you diagnose <laughs> problems in your health, be it mental or physical. The internet mm. will always help. And, yeah, the internet delivers. Oh, every time. When has the internet ever not delivered? Never. And yep. going back years and years and years, right? Like early days on the internet... Uh, 1997 for me was my first year on the internet and not too long after that famously famously as <laughs> as enshrined in my <laughs> in my the screen name that I still use to this day um there's a <laughs> I, I love it I love it because this this question still does the rounds today on the internet right you still see it from time to time uh there's a a question right uh it's almost like a riddle that some uh, you know, psychiatry or psychology professor or whatever supposedly wrote years ago. And you know what, Corey? Depending on your answer to this question, depending on how you respond, it can indicate whether or not you have the potential for sociopathic or psychopathic thought. Just one question? One single question. Ooh. One single question. Okay. Uh, and there's one particular answer to this question that if you ask someone this question and they give you this one particular answer they might be a psychopath okay now here's I'm the question right here's, okay, here's yeah. this me. is this is how we're going to proceed do you want to know cory because it could change everything for you and see this is the thing is i'm feeling very confident but now like one question is a lot of pressure okay if look if you want, if you want to see, then I'll tell. I'll ask mm -hmm. you the question. But please don't blame me for yeah. how your life may change after this moment, right? 
<laughs> I will blame you in a court of law, <laughs> should it come to it. <laughs> okay. I was fine, guys, until he asked me this one question, and then I had no choice but to go on a murder spree. <laughs> I mean, it goes without saying that it's that, in my nature that this question is bullshit, right? It goes without saying that this question has absolutely no clinical value at all, none. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know, but but yet it's it's fun to think about, right? Here we go. Everything okay. you need to know is in is in what I'm going to describe. There are no trick questions. There are no swerves. Everything you need to know is contained within the body of the okay, question. It's not a riddle. Bit. Not at all. Not at okay. all. Just think, uh, uh, just be as instinctive as you can in your response. Okay. okay? All right, here yeah. we go. So uh, imagine for me, if you will, a, a lady. Okay. Not entirely unlike yourself, Corrigan. Sure. All right. Now, tragically, this lady uh, is bereaved and loses her mother, right? Her mother dies, okay? And this lady is at her mother's funeral. And it's a very dark time for her, obviously. She's grieving. Uh, and at the funeral, she meets someone, okay? Mm -hmm. In fact, she meets a guy. It's somebody she's not met before. And in her grief... And over the course of the day, these two strike up a, a conversation, which leads to a rapport, which leads to a sense in this lady that she's met someone very, very special. They share a lot during that day. They become close during that day. They get to know one another that day. And he helps her, guides her through the day almost in her grief, okay? The sure. day ends. The wake ends. The funeral ends. The guy leaves. And then two weeks later... This self-same lady murders her own sister. Okay. Why well, that's a do you think twist. she murders her sister? Now stop there. Okay. I'm not gonna and, and those of you playing along at home, right? Um <laughs> I'm not gonna I don't want you to reveal the answer now either. Again, we're gonna circle oh back God. to this at the end of the episode, right? The, the end of the open or the end of the, the whole episode? Think on. If you're listening right now out there, at work, in the car, whatever, I'd like you to just think, just okay. why would she have killed her sister? But at the end of the episode, what I will do is I will tell you that one answer. I, I, I will get your response okay. firstly and we'll see. Okay. All right. So let me just make sure I have this right. Yes. Woman's mom dies. Yep. She has a funeral. Uh-huh. Random dude shows up. Uh-huh. Ends up, they hit it off. Yep. And he is very helpful in her navigating her grief. Yes. They go their separate ways. Uh-huh. Two weeks later, she yep. kills her sister. Exactly that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, that's all i got to say about that for now. <laughs> I guess we'll come back to this at we the sure end of will. the episode. <laughs> Uh, and if you can't wait, find it in the timestamp, but yeah. uh, otherwise, let's roll on. Get thinking. Let me quote directly from my notes, if I may. Yes, please do. Fucking look at these nerds. Oh, mise-en-scene. I don't think anyone has ever said mise-en-scene in such a horny way before. The way I whispered the word sex cannibal recently. Worst comes to worst, Mark. I'm willing to guillotine you for science. Thank you. That's really, really sweet. It's cold so, outside, but my pancreas is talking to me. I'm fucking, I'm going to leg it. You know how I feel about that, Mark. I think you feel great about it. 
I was gone. What do you mean I was gone? Last week you were not on this I podcast. was. I was. Yeah, you're right. I was gone, but now I'm back. Daddy's home. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy's oh home. Mm, please, no, no more of that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll stop that. Um, hey, guys. What's up? That's what YouTubers say, isn't it? Every single YouTuber starts their video. Hey, guys. Did you see I just spat my soda out? <laughs> hey, guys. What's up, guys? That's what they say, isn't it, the YouTubers? What's up, YouTube? Hey, guys. What's up, guys? That's what they say on the YouTube. Uh, uh, but yes, thank you. It's great to be back. And it is actually sincerely great to be back. And I would love to start this week's Jack of All Graves with a sincere and heartfelt message of thanks to Kristen for... Yes. Filling in last week. Uh, she did mm-hmm. a fantastic job, I assume. I um, <laughs> <laughs> couldn't even listen to the one you're not on. Now it's now it feels personal. I watched the opening, the video that you put okay. up on YouTube. Fair enough. And uh, yes, Kristen was her delightful, engaging, eccentric, and thoroughly, thoroughly watchable self. So yes, mm. uh, huge thanks, Kristen. I appreciate you keeping the seat warm for me. Indeed, she did a wonderful job. Mm. Yes, but I'm ha- happy to have you back here, Mark. That's nice to know. Thank you. Very nice to know. Yeah. It's nice to feel wanted. It's, it's always weird when we when we don't chat for a minute. I yeah, feel a I know. lost. I, I know, I know. Although that said, uh, the, it was a little disconcerting how quickly the queue filled up of people uh, oh, who yeah. were very, very ready to take over. I know. I said, I believe I said that I'm going to have to find a replacement for you because all of a sudden... uh, you go on vacation too much. And man, <laughs> that line to yeah. replace you got real long. Sure did. Um, it feels like there's a red dot <laughs> on my forehead. Uh, yeah. But let me tell you, other British people, I'm sorry, you're out of the running because you also have vacation time. Mm. The only possible replacement would have to be an American because we're never allowed to stop working and therefore we're always home. Yeah, it feels like this is uh, an episode in itself. You don't mm. get, you, here comes the freeze, you don't get annual leave, no? You don't get annual holiday from work. No, no not the way you do. Fucking mad <laughs> shit. <laughs> Absolutely not, no. Um, and then you have to pay through the fucking, through the nose for the inevitable mental and physical health problems that that inevitably will cause you. Yep, exactly. Stress you out until your body breaks ba, 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 and then pay ba, through the nose for ba, it. I just, <laughs> I just this month finally uh, got the notice of my last payment for my uh, five hours in the hospital in November. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so that's... How many months is that that I've been paying for for that? Nine months. Nine months. It was like for that few hours in the hospital in which they told me, ah, we don't know what's going up. I don't know if I can know. It was... uh, And then gave me a um, prescription that I had to go pay for as well. (laughs) It was like $3,700 or something like that. Oh, God. And you, you were hospitalized for... It was literally a few hours. I remember it well. Yeah. Yeah, it was like five hours. Good stuff. <laughs> so it's super fun being American. You're right. There's absolutely an episode in our lack of mm. rest. And I'm certain that ourselves. I've said this. I'm, I'm certain that I've said this before, right? But but the two things about about American quote unquote healthcare, which I just can't get my head around, are firstly you're paying to give birth. <laughs> yes. That's fucking wild. That's so yep. wild. 
And also, it's very expensive. If some fucking nutter shoots you, you're paying to get that fixed. Yep. You betcha. And you're just paying for not having anything done too. You have to also recognize, like, uh, for, like, my husband's a freelancer and Mm. I'm about to be as well now that I don't work at Cal State Fullerton. Yep. He doesn't get health insurance through work. So he pays. Like, I think it's like $480 a month, whether he uses medical services or not, which he doesn't, because then you're going to have to pay more anyway. So unless, like, there's something seriously wrong, you don't go. I mean, we we spoke about guns a while Mm -hmm. back, right? And I feel as though, based on that that episode, I've got a clearer understanding as to why... You know, the, your your gun laws are in the state they are. Is it is it essentially the same story uh, with healthcare, except for the NRA substitute like Pfizer? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's just a very strong health insurance lobby that won't allow for mm. anything to go through that would change the way that our healthcare works. And every everyone from every party is paid off by <laughs> healthcare people. So there's really there's not much that can be done to change that. It's good. <laughs> it's super fun. I it's love it. really this is good. why I'm sitting here with this swollen lymph node going, ah, oh, my body's fighting off something. I'm not going to go try to figure out what it is. Yeah, I'm just going to hope it goes yeah, away. Yeah, yeah. Uh, somebody I hope it's not serious. I read somewhere that that's one of the reasons why you're more likely to get into a fight over here in a in a bar than you are in the states. Yeah. Is, is that accurate? I mean, if if you get into an argument in a bar in the states, there'll tend to be a lot of shoving around, and if you don't get shot, then it'll tiny it'll kind of tend to fizzle out. Because yeah, yeah, you don't see a lot of like huge altercations. I mean, I'm, I suppose there's probably some bars that are just known for it, but in general, yeah, no, it usually fizzles out. Because if I get punched happens. or lose a tooth in the states. I'm paying for that over a long period of time, as you just uh, have told us, nine months worth of paying just for getting punched in the in the chops. Whereas mm. over here, I could break a knuckle, you know <laughs> what I mean, and just oh, ah well, go to the NHS, get it sorted out. Yeah, maybe that's the ultimate. You know, when you always see that it's not worth it, dude. It's not worth it when yeah, someone's about to get into a fight. It fiscally, yeah, is not worth it. It's fiscal. Yeah, you're gonna end up in jail, and no one's gonna pay for your broken hand after you break it on someone. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe somewhere. I don't know that people actively, when they're drinking, are thinking that clearly, but mm. I don't know. Maybe it's part of some subconscious part of us that says, mm, this is not going to be good later. Have you ever considered uh, moving? Like out of America? Mm. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Where would you go? <laughs> Where might you go? Um, I love Vancouver, Canada. Okay. And I love New Zealand as I'm wearing the jersey right now. Uh-huh. Uh I don't know, there's probably most places to be honest with you. I've thought about moving to South Africa. Everywhere I've been, I've thought I could live here. Yeah, you and, do. Uh, yeah, I know that. Yeah, the standard of living <laughs> is usually better than what we have here. So yeah, I'd go I'd go most places. Hmm. Yeah, not super tethered. Okay. Just interesting. <laughs> What about you? You've got things pretty worked out okay over there. Uh, yes. I mean, all things considered, I've landed on my feet harder than it, it, it seemed as though I would for a few mm-hmm. years. You know what I mean? <laughs> so yeah. I'm probably not going to roll the dice, uh, yeah. at least currently. Even though 
those who I know who have got the fuck out of the UK uh, report a, just a wildly increased quality of life. Um, yeah. And also things do seem to be on a particular trajectory over here currently. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's very true. So, that's yeah, true. I, I, I certainly... I don't have any immediate plans to move, but I'm certainly, you know, you can never... Not someday against it. Yeah, it is interesting that, you know, we have different problems on things like, I mean, some of our biggest ones being healthcare and student loans, which are not, yeah. like, big problems that you have, which is, like, wild to me. Yeah. That, like, the idea that, like, like everyone doesn't have a ton of debt yeah. from that stuff there we, I mean, uh, we is do. honestly I, I... hard for me to think about. <laughs> I mean, it's only quite recently that I finished paying off my student loans. We're talking in the last five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just don't pay them off here. You just pay them your whole life. Yeah. The reason (laughs) it took me so long is because I've done precisely fuck all with the education that it paid for. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, which makes sense. Yeah. But here the interest is just so high that, Mm. you know, it's pretty impossible to pay them off. And so, yeah, it's like you have different problems, but also some of the same living problems that we have here as well so neither of our countries are maybe the optimal places to live in uh, but now the entire world knows new zealand is where you want to go so they're never going to let us all in yeah that's true that's true it does get fantastic rep um mm-hmm. interestingly in a throwback to a previous episode um there's a fantastic thread on twitter which i believe is still alive currently where mm. brit and a load of Americans are arguing about American cheese. <laughs> I would like to see this because I don't, I can't remember if we've actually brought this up on the show or just in conversation. But I was floored to find that you thought that we only had craft singles and de cheese whiz here. Honestly, I kind of still think that. This is, I have like three kinds of fancy cheese up in my fridge right now. Do you know? <laughs> uh, I have to like, go upstairs and get it and bring it back down Is that craft like singles with jalapenos in? Is that what you're talking about? <laughs> well, that doesn't sound bad. I would eat that. I love it. I love an American cheese. Not not the craft kind. But but uh, it turns out I'm not the only one who, who just thinks that burger cheese <laughs> and burger squirty cheese. fucking canned cheese. <laughs> That is insane to me, and I love everything about it. Um, This is also the little bit of cultural exchange that I had with your brother the other day about tacos. um, Oh, yeah, okay. Because he posted a video, a TikTok, of a British guy making tacos, only he called them wraps. Yeah, 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 wraps. uh, We have wraps. But wraps and, <laughs> and tacos. Recently, I, I, you made like, well, it wasn't that recently. It was probably like six months ago. But you described what you had made for dinner, and I was like, "So tacos?" And you were no. like, "Oh, certainly not. No, this wraps, mate. <laughs> no wraps, They're tacos. No, you're making tacos. I am not Mexican, and I'm further away from Mexico than you are. Right? Uh, that's undisputable. But surely, tacos... <laughs> I'm not from wherever sandwiches come from, but I still call it a sandwich. Surely tacos have a hard shell. You're talking like a no, hard... No, that's the opposite. That is like a... That's a offshoot of a taco. So what is that? That's like... Describe that. Give that a word. What is that? You know what I'm talking about. The hard talking... shell? Yeah, no. Like it is a taco, but it's like a... Like a, a taco for white Dorito. people. Yeah. Yeah, that's a taco for <laughs> white people. You just call it a taco for white people. <laughs> it is. My first taco. Tacos for dummies. Is that what it is? <laughs> it is. It is. It's a training taco. <laughs> if you go to Mexico and you get tacos, they yeah. will be a soft tortilla. 
you will so never get So a circular round shell. tortilla. A round tortilla. Yes. <laughs> what, a like... wrap has to be closed like a burrito. Yes, that's exactly uh, what I'm describing. You no, put your filling you're... in the fucking wrap, right? And then you do some sort of origami shit and you roll it up and you've got a fucking wrap. <laughs> well, okay, that's it. That is a wrap. This Thank I'm you. talking about like a round tortilla and you put stuff in it and then you just fold it up and eat it. Oh, well, that's it. obviously that's, that's an open taco. wrap. <laughs> oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> what would I get if I were to go to fucking, I don't know, Tijuana or whatever and ask for a wrap? What would I get? A weird look. Punched. <laughs> That's not a thing. I mean, also, like, burritos are American. That's not, like, a Mexican thing. So, like, you wouldn't even... Yeah, maybe you could get, like, an enchilada if you wanted a wrap. I don't know. It really is a minefield, isn't it? Mm-hmm. It really is. But let me just tell this to any of you Brits listening to this right now. If mm. you are eating a small round tortilla with stuff in it and you are not origamiing it afterwards, you're eating a taco and not a wrap. That is not going to catch on. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, you don't pronounce the H in your brother's name either. So listen, we're just going to have to agree to disagree on things. Are we doing this now, are we? Are we finally... (laughs) Have we finally got to that place? We we? finally broken. This is where the cultural exchange is broken down. (laughs) You told me your brother's name is Anthony today, and I don't think I can... (laughs) I don't think I can deal with that. I've, my brain is officially broken. FYI, Anthony is not even a name. That's not a name that exists. There have to be. What's... No. What is... Uh, I'm trying to think. Like, there, there must be other Anthony words. Is Anthony Hopkins not Anthony Hopkins? No, he is not. He is Anthony Hopkins. Stop this. And he's Welsh as well. So... What? I don't know what I'm trying to prove there. And he's Welsh. <laughs> <and> go, ah! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Checkmate. <laughs> You've proven is the Welsh don't respect the letter H. Mm. <laughs> I am very. This is very confusing to me. You know, I um, take one week off, and all of a sudden, the cultural we've, the cultural exchange is reset completely. <laughs> uh, it's hard. I'm tired. Okay. Um, Why so tired, Corrigan? I just I haven't been sleeping lately and like like really haven't been sleeping and it hasn't like I always have like a little bit of trouble with it and back like grad school days and stuff like that it was you know I was a one to two hours a night sleeper until I finally got some meds to help me with that um so indulge me a second here right Um, yeah I used to work with a guy who now lives in Canada hey um and he would always be late for work, right? He would always be fucking rocking up late. And he'd mm-hmm. go, oh, I haven't slept, sorry. I'm just a terrible insomniac. Whereas it right. turns out he was just up until four every fucking night watching cartoons. You know what I mean? That's not being insomniac. That's just really enjoying Transformers as an adult. <laughs> I mean, I guess it depends on why you're up watching Transformers. Like, I will play Candy Crush till 4 a.m. Because otherwise I'm just sitting there, like, tossing and turning and sweating and not sleeping. You know, you don't usually, if you have insomnia, you don't just like sit there and stare at the ceiling and just sit with your thoughts. That's the worst. Yeah. You have to do something else. Obviously, you're not going to go to sleep if you're playing Candy Crush, are you? No, I eventually, it'll wear my eyes out enough that I can kind of force them, you know? 
It's like mm. ma- basically making my body, f- like my eyes tired in place of my brain. You're going to hate me, right? But in the same way as I think maybe you could decide, you know, not to be a, a meth addict. Have you tried not being an insomniac? Have you tried... <laughs> I have. I have very okay. much tried not to. <laughs> no, it's like, because that's the thing is like you do eventually, like you'll decide, right? Like I'll be like, it's 11 o'clock. Mm. I'm going to Oh, go I've been sleep. there. I know exactly what you mean. Yes. Yeah. And then... I lie there for two hours and I'm like, this sucks. Yeah. And so I just play Candy Crush till my eyes tire out. Mm. And then eventually, hopefully, that will knock you out okay. at some point. Or listen to ASMR or something like that. You know, you just, you got to have something because otherwise just yes. thinking doesn't put you to sleep. It just Yeah, makes you, you end up out. in a kind of a internal feedback loop, don't you? When mm-hmm. you're not going to sleep because yeah, you're, you're constantly... And- yeah, you're like, why can't I sleep? What do I need to do to sleep? What yes. there's got to be something. And then you're counting how many hours Maybe you've if got. I... If I were to fall asleep immediately, I would have <laughs> yes. two hours and forty three minutes of useful mm-hmm. rest. But uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's not. It's not fun. But I got um, gabapentin for that, um, which worked pretty well at the time. But apparently, my body has decided it does not um, care. Mm. anymore and so i've been taking that and that didn't work but i uh did start just chugging a little bit of nyquil before bed um and that does pretty well that does pretty well that's that's gotta be the start of a fucking slippery slope right there (laughs) (laughs) that you describe washing the gabapentin down with a fucking slug of nyquil NyQuil. yeah it's NyQuil and Benadryl, man. Like, those things Benadryl, will knock you agree. out better than um, anything. There's a... I don't even think you can get... Doctors will prescribe them anymore, but there's an antihistamine over here called Phenigan. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that made it over there or if it's under a different name or It what. would probably be a different thing anyway. Oh, it's probably... Well, no. I was going to say, maybe it's Sudafed, but... No, it's not Sudafed. That Sudafed's you can't. over the counter. Phenigan is prescription only. And no. Yeah, you... Sudafed doctors... is like a big deal. You can't get it anymore. I mean, oh, isn't, it, isn't like... it a precursor chemical in making other less respectable yeah. medications? But yeah, no, I think you can make uh, other stuff out of it. <laughs> Fanagan's an antihistamine, but doctors for a while were prescribing it as sleep medication because it's extra yeah. fucking drowsy. It's really good. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's... Like, like a uh, saliva uh, kind of <laughs> one of those antihistamines. I mean, that really is, like, that's how I feel about Benadryl, which is weird because I, like, Mm. have taken actual sleep medications and things like that. But Benadryl, I will be mid-sentence and fall asleep. (laughs) Like, it is so effective at (laughs) just knocking me straight the fuck out. Um, Do you not have any? I don't have any at the moment because my husband has been rolling in poison ivy and so he's been taking all the Benadryl. <laughs> so, Keo. Yeah. Classic Keo. Why why Classic has he, done, why has he done that again? Is <laughs> I keep trying to tell him it's not a good time, but he keeps doing it. So yeah, no, out of Benadryl, but I got some NyQuil and uh we're working on it. But I'm very sleepy. I'm extremely sleepy and very much resonating with all the things that we are going to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shortly. We're gonna go into that regarding zone. sleep disorder. I can see, now that you now that you say it, I can see it in your eyes, you know. Yeah, can't you? <laughs> it's like, and also just like these, like very deep dark, yeah, circles underneath. I, that's it's, I keep. It's one of my, you know, everybody has got like a, a zillion of their favorite Simpsons touch points. The Simpsons references. Mm-hmm. One of my absolute favorite Simpsons moments is when uh, Apu thinks he's a hummingbird. 
on the security camera. Yes. He's been awake for so long on a one constant shift <laughs> that he thought he was some, some kind of hummingbird. <laughs> yeah. Just on the camera. Just, back and forth. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, I relate to that deeply right now. Um, very tired, very loopy, but I'm holding it together for the yes. Joag today. And, yes. uh, you know, we will... We will continue journeying forth. Um, I want to mention, before we move any further, that this coming Saturday, the 14th, will be the inaugural Joag Book Club. Okay. <laughs> Reacting to this like it's the first that you've heard of it. Uh <laughs> Do I have to have read the whole book? No. Okay. I've been to so many book club meetings where I've read like 10 pages of something. Um, So no, if you haven't read the whole book, which is the Southern Book Club's Guide to Slaying Vampires by Grady Hendrix, um, you're very welcome anyway. And we are sort of doing this a bit in conjunction conjunction with the Lay Down podcast, which is a book podcast by our dear friend Ryan out of Gibson's Bookstore in New Hampshire. Hi, Um, Ryan. Ryan, Hi, Ryan. And she just did... (laughs) It's not what Ryan sounds like. Uh, she just did a uh, a interview with Grady Hendrix. Um, I am like three quarters of the way through this book. It's a great read, really delightful. It's probably available at your library, but if you uh, want to, you can also get the audiobook from um, Gibson's Bookstore. You can also get a um, paperback copy of it, and you will get 10% off if you mention that it's for book club. Um, so check out Gibson's bookstore. You can find it uh, easily, obviously Google, but on all the social media things and everything, uh, mention it's for book club, get 10% off. Uh, and a little handwritten note from Ryan to say, hey, should be fun. Should be a good time. Grady Hendrix. What? <laughs> doesn't sound like a real name. <laughs> I have no idea whether that's his real name or not. That's there was a guy. Well, there still is a guy at the bar that I used to frequent. um, Dirty Nellie's in Costa Mesa. Yeah. And his name is Chad Hendricks. Uh, And I was like, oh, that's cool. His name's Chad Hendricks. Like what a like Hendricks. You don't see a lot of that. Um, It took like and everyone would call him Don Chad. (laughs) And so I thought that they were saying that, like, like respect. Like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, it's the Don. He's give the Don tribute. of Chad. Let's give a tribute to John Chad. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but it turns out his name is Don, not Chad Hendricks. <laughs> um, and he just, the first time he came into the bar, he decided, I don't have to be me when yeah. I come here. Now, I have and a certain respect for that. I quite enjoy yeah. it. Yeah. yeah. And he just crafted an alter ego that oh, all mm. of us knew him by and now it's creepy no 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 like he's like he didn't like change his life story or anything like that he just like (laughs) (laughs) oh he was just like you know what when i'm here i'm not don oh okay i'm chad hendrix and dirty nellies he yeah everybody knows your fake name (laughs) (laughs) i guess he gave them like his credit card or something and they Mm. were like didn't you say your name was chad (laughs) <laughs> he was like, okay, well, but I do, I respect it. Shout out to Don Chad. What's up, Don Chad? <laughs> so yeah, check out our book club. We're going to be doing that. Uh, and I'm sure we'll do more of these because it gives me an excuse to read things. Um, and I've been terrible at doing that lately. Mm. So I'm all about that. Hey, 
What you watching, Mark? Uh, so it's uh, been a week of highs and lows in terms mm. of media, in terms of what I've been watching. Uh, earlier on this week, I watched just the stunningly mediocre uh, <laughs> false positives. Mm. Oh, man. Really, really. I keep seeing ads for that. It's uh, the gal from uh, Broad City, right? I don't know. I've never seen it. Um, but you, P- Pierce Brosnan is the one thing holding it together, twirling his moustache and chewing the scenery as a villain, capital I V, villainous. Pierce Brosnan. Oh, same. He's terrific. Um, yeah. Justin Theroux, who is normally sorry. Justin mm. Theroux. Correct. Who <laughs> is normally very watchable and who normally brings a lot yeah. is basically a lamp in this film. He's a fucking pillow. <sighs> you know what I mean? He's Sad. set dressing. He adds nothing. Um, the plot, uh, a, uh, 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 an upwardly mobile young couple doing their best to get pregnant, visit a high-end fertility clinic. Uh, and it feels as though it's going for a, it wants to be dead bringers. Mm, I don't, I don't know if I've seen that. Cronenberg, Jeremy Irons. Ah. Mm. Wonderful. Okay. Uh, Jeremy Irons plays twins. He plays two versions of himself and it's wonderful. And yes. it is wonderful. It's such a great film, and I've not seen it in too long. Uh, and it, it wants to be that. It, it mm. you know, Dead Ringers is a. <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen a gynecological body horror. Oh, I don't want anything to do with that. You're nope, prob- no, thank you. I probably haven't Mm-mm. sold it to you. I, I, I don't <laughs> no, <laughs> absolutely not. If there's anything I want nothing to do with, it's pregnancy and yep. gynecological things. Okay, so that's a hard pass. Um, I, 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 I believe false positives is trying to inhabit the same space, mm. um, but not not quite making. But it's it's very very bland. Uh, mm. So yeah, don't watch it. And for an A twenty four, it's 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 the it's the only A twenty four movie I've watched where I've come away thinking, uh, fuck, because normally that's Zola for me. Oh really? Like ugh. yeah, Zola is like if someone wanted to like make an a24 movie to make fun of a24 movies you uh, know where it's just kind of like it's so a24 which i can like, well understand it, that somebody mm-hmm. would i dare say mm-hmm. i'd like to see the wayans brothers take a stab at a <laughs> fucking a24 film because be I'm, kind of I'm sure there are lots of tropes that you could exploit to make yeah, a, a satirical version of, of what a24 do but yeah. uh false positive is, is uh, oatmeal mm. okay yeah, I will pass. I mean, yes. again, the premise did not appeal to me. I don't. I don't like pregnancy things. No, uh, which is fine. So you won't enjoy this film. Yeah, because it's literally all about that. No thanks. Yeah. It's gonna. Oh, I, 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 I seem to remember giving it three stars on. You did, yeah. I was confused. Right? And yeah, that in there's probably three quarters of a star there. Which is specifically for the <laughs> for the ending, which is <laughs> hilarious. Okay. Maybe I'll just watch the end. Yeah, skip. But, uh... Watch like the last fifteen minutes before the credits, and you'll see what I'm saying. And then just ditch okay, the rest. I about that. I love when you randomly roll your R's. Oh, did I do that then? I missed that. You did. Yeah. I just wonder what's going on in Mark's brain when the R roll comes out. So there's no like rhyme. It's rhyme or reason to it. It just. Sometimes you yeah, gotta. It just exhibits itself sometimes. Three quarters felt like it needed a roll. Three quarters of a star. 
<laughs> it imbues it with some sense of like extra disdain or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. In there. Um, <laughs> but on the other end of the spectrum, oh, there was Suicide Squad. There was the Suicide Squad, yes. Which I'm yes. still, I'm still not okay about. I still <laughs> not okay about. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. It's. Oh God, it's really hard to put into words how how big that film landed. Mm. I thought mm-hmm. it it was a fucking astounding piece of work. Yeah, made even more astounding, made all the more impressive when you hold it up next to DC's previous attempts mm. at ensemble, grand scale superhero storytelling. Yeah, it, it he just James Gunn just makes it seem so easy <laughs> and light right. and you know everything is just flows beautifully with a large cast. Everyone, no one feels shortchanged. Right. There's you know I feel as though I had a really strong sense of everyone's story, everyone's past, everyone's journey, yes. everyone's wants, desires. Whereas, fuck me, probably an hour into Justice League. Uh, And I was like, oh, well, I'm glad that's nearly finished You know what I mean? It's a a film with no motion to it No impetus to it And yet you have something like The Suicide Squad Which just fucking drops the pedal immediately And and doesn't let up And you never feel exhausted by it either You never feel as though No, not at all Fuck, can you give me a minute? Hang on, whoa, whoa, whoa (laughs) Uh, Yeah uh, James Gunn to me, I think is just an absolute master of yeah. like humanity, you know, where he really understands yeah. what makes people people and what yeah. makes us attached to people, yeah. even if those people are trees or sharks or raccoons or, or whatever. Or you bad know. people who, who yeah. have character traits where unforgivable character traits. Yeah. Um, I couldn't help but keep thinking of super, right? While mm-hmm. watching the Suicide Squad, yeah, and of course. even though you know Crimson Bolt and Baldy <laughs> were are so flawed and are mm. murderers, let's be fucking real about it. There's still empathy in them. It, 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 it's right. it understands, just like the Suicide Squad understands, just like Guardians of the Galaxy understands that there are there are shades of grey in everyone. There are shades of grey in people, mm-hmm. and just because. It's, air quotes, a superhero film. That does not mean, you know, you automatically have to make concessions. Ah, well, it's a superhero film. No, you don't have to make those concessions. It can still have relevance and it can still have personal stakes. Right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. It has this weird amount of heart to it while also being ultra violent and gory. I mean, and if you're going, like... This is not a kids movie. This is not Marvel. This is not Guardians of the Galaxy. This is a James Gunn movie with mm, like lots of sense. yeah, lots of gore and uh, you know, very brutal and yet at the same time just this this core of empathy and humanity and now, I've been coming and ring. I've been going back and forth about if I would sit Peter down in front of and I kind of am airing towards I think I would, you know Really? Yeah 
Interesting. As we've said before, my sense of judgment of what kids can watch is very off because I had no boundaries and have no kids. So So, I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? I would have seen this when I was a kid. The violence, even though there's a fuck ton of it and it is unflinching, right? Faces are removed. Mm. Heads are removed. Things explode. A guy gets shot in the cock, I think, at one point. (laughs) Yeah. Straight up. Um, It's still fantasy violence yes yeah right that's true it's still a fucking shark man eating people whole yeah you know the and with that said it's a it's a comic on screen it's comic violence on screen it's fantasy violence on screen right. the other the other factor is the language i mean the it's profane but, oh, extremely. Uh, you know yeah. peter absorbs a lot of profanity simply through living with <laughs> he's your me, kid you know yeah. And yeah. I think the flip side of what he will gain from seeing that film mm. far outweighs the psychological fucking danger that I might be putting him through by sitting in right. front of it. I think that's a really good point. Yeah. I mean, this has always been my thing about anything with like being such like a media literacy person and all that mm. stuff is that anything that you watch with a kid whether it's a kid's show or something for adults, you should be able to discuss with them, yes. you know, what yes. is going on here and what's yes. real, what's not real, what's good values, what's bad values, things like that. And I think you're right. Thinking about this movie, for most kids, for what they're used to, probably are not ready for this. You mm-hmm. know, unless your kid is already kind of, you know, prepped mm. for it, they're not ready. That said, I don't think this is the kind of movie that you would have a kid watch and be like, there's no value in this for them. Certainly that not. It has value. Ultimately, the messaging in this movie is very good. Mm. Um, and, you know, and what's not, you can... I don't even say, like, what's not good messaging. I would say it lends to being able to have a conversation with a kid about it these does. themes and everything it, while it, also it, being <laughs> clearly fake. Yes, 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 yes. <laughs> I mean, th- for me, the I guess the red lines when it comes to what I wouldn't put my kids in front of are things like, you know, sexual violence, uh, right. uh, heavy drug use, abuse. Yeah. Trauma. Trauma. There's a difference between trauma and yes. violence. Yeah. Right? yeah like, yeah, yeah. and that, you know, just like your kid can shoot a Nerf gun or whatever and, like, it's not going to scar them. That's different than hmm. uh, some sort of deeply traumatic experience of violence. So, on, yeah, that I makes mean, sense. On the topic of James Gunn, it, it, Maybe this is misplaced, right? Hmm. But I get a genuine sense of validation having loved his stuff since fucking forever. Yeah, forever, yeah. It feels so good to have seen him make these (laughs) fucking weird little outsider pictures uh, and loving it, loving everything he's done pretty much unreservedly. I can't think of anything he's done that I haven't really enjoyed the fuck out of. Yeah, same here. And I think the fact that he brought those sensibilities to these things is what works so well, too, because there are plenty of directors who kind of start out doing, like, say, indie things and whatnot, Mm. and, like, maybe they'll get a bigger job, but being able to hold on to what made you that director, especially when it's so off the beaten path, (laughs) like, you know, taking this stuff with him to a major... Mm. major franchise you know is and having, wild having, yes and having not diluted his sensibilities and right. having built on them in fact even in the face 
of attempts to fucking cancelize him because of the fucking mm-hmm. that shitstorm. Did you just say cancelize? Yeah, I did. I just coined that cancelize. <laughs> he, he attempted cancelization. <laughs> yeah. Fucking chew on that unnecessary syllable, but yeah, yeah sure. Let's right. let's do it. That's right. Uh, so yes, the Suicide Squad is phenomenal, and I'll tell you something else, yeah. right? Because you know, I've got a lot to say about this film. Um, ages ago, I I vividly remember going to see one of the Transformers movies in the cinema, right? And I don't know which one it was. Sure. Because they're all the same. They're all one fucking long yeah. film. And <laughs> I vividly remember being so bored two thirds of the way through one of these films. I started idly counting how long the shots were. Mm. Right? Yeah. And for so much going on in that fucking movie, I, I'm i 100% telling you, seriously, there wasn't a single shot throughout most of that film that was over three seconds long. Bang, bang, huh. bang, bang. Shot, 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 shot. Yeah. Just cut. It, this horrible attention deficit fucking style of filmmaking where you can't focus on... You've got such gigantic colossal imagery in your film cities are falling fucking gigantic (laughs) space robots are fighting and you can't focus on one single nope and yet i that's become one of the exercises i now do in 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 Mm. large-scale action films i count the shots yeah i count the lengths of the shots and some of the fucking imagery in that film is loving it lingers Mm. it lingers on stuff there's that wonderful shot of peacemaker's helmet where you can see the fight being reflected in john cena's helmet as the camera pans around it lovely four five six seven eight second long shots um where you can just drink in the scale and the enormity of this giant fucking space starfish laying waste to it all you know in its path um to me that is confident it is brave it is self-assured that's a fucking guy who knows exactly what he's doing it's awesome absolutely absolutely so highly recommend from both of us i mean i saw it in imax and then watched it again the next day on hbo max Mm -hmm. i am sure i will watch it many more times honestly i'm like i could turn it on now and be happy (laughs) it's, it's so good so yeah i think get on board you know mm. if you were on the fence about it or anything like that which i can't imagine anyone would be but watch suicide squad it's it's such a good time uh what else have you seen have you seen anything else this week uh i got you to watch mommy dead and dearest last night oh god yeah we need to talk about that <laughs> holy shit <laughs> this was so, i am so pleased with this because you said yesterday that you were in the mood for like a real right. good true context, crime documentary right. context here over the pandemic, right, I've developed an insatiable appetite for provincial British police documentaries, right? <laughs> uh, in particular, Traffic Cops on Channel 5. And I, I, if you're in the UK... I talked about that last week. Shut up. I did, yeah. Well, on Joag. About... Yes, on Joag. Traffic Cops. You... <laughs> You said you watched the intro, and I am calling you out right now because I watched, I I watched some of cops. the intro. I watched a bit of it. <laughs> oh my god! No, I did. I did. Mark I totally Lewis. watched a bit of it. I w- oh, no. oh my god! Yes, I Busted. mentioned it on on last week's you know, so, cold open. Traffic cops was kind of my gateway drug. Uh-huh. It was, you know, uh, it was my Benadryl. <laughs> 
to the <laughs> fucking street heroine that is um 24 hours in police custody i've been watching a lot of that lately mm-hmm. so okay um i am i am i've got a big monkey on my back when it for for, for police procedurals so uh cory recommended to me mommy dead and dearest which tells the story of G- fucking gypsy rose what's her surname Blanchard, I believe. Gypsy Rose Blanchard yeah. from the Ozarks. Which, if you're an American, region. you absolutely know what this is. That's yeah. why I was so pleased, because I was like, oh, I mean, I'm sure you've seen Mommy Dead and Dearest already, and, and nope. you were like, no. Nope. And this is such a huge story here yeah. that there's, like, an entire show that, like, won Emmys last year called The Act, starring Patricia Arquette uh, okay. about it. Um, there's, like, been... There's an H... Well, this was the HBO doc. There's been books that have fictionalized it. There have been Wowie. episodes of like cop procedurals that fictionalize it. So it's a it's huge It's available story. on Sky Atlantic over here. Yes. And it's just a it's just a, a lovely heartwarming story, isn't it, of small town folk. <laughs> you know, and how they demonstrate how they, how they display their love for one another. That's mm. it's just Yeah, this is if you're not familiar with it, the story of a a gal whose mother had severe Munchausen's by proxy really um, bad. and kept her uh, thinking that she was sick mm. her whole life in order to get sympathy and money and all kinds of things like that. And that is just the base element of this. Every single other detail of this is insane. Yeah, um, I mean, like the best and most gripping documentaries, you know, you go down the fucking rabbit hole here, and what yeah. you think, what you think it is, you, there's just so much more involved. Exactly. Uh, yeah. So wild. If you haven't watched that and you're into true crime docs, this is one of the greats. You gotta check it out. I I, I can still barely believe that that went down. It's incredible. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and here, uh, Mark was sending me reaction shots throughout this yeah. movie as well <laughs> post mark reaction shots on instagram or whatever but it was i was just like i know i know every detail that comes out of Wild. this case is crazier than the last so watch mommy dead and dearest that's documentary the act was very good too it was on hulu um joey mm-hmm. king plays gypsy rose um yeah yeah good cool shit way. good shit yeah should we talk about sleep yeah we can and hopefully you know you might find some insight here Maybe I don't. I know. hope not. I don't want insight from anything that we're about to talk about. No, oh, yeah, true. Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, you know, longtime listeners will know that I'm very, very interested in the quirks of the human body when the mm. human body or the human mind just decides it's not going to fucking work properly. You know, the most sleep is. When it works, it's you, it's it's the most mundane thing. You don't notice it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's one of those things like I dare say eating, like breathing, like excretion, like respiration. It's just a function of your body. And interestingly, uh, I mean, we all accept it. You know, uh, for some mm-hmm. reason, every few hours we have to just power down uh, and then come back online, right? There's, right. no, there's no real scientific consensus as to why that's the case, you know. Hmm, really? Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, obviously, you you feel better after sleep, 
right? There's no right. Two, there's no two ways about it. After a good sleep, you wake up, you feel well rested, you can perform better cognitively, physically. Right. And that's, I guess, I've never looked into why that is, but it's always been, you know, kind of taken for granted that there's some form of like restorative processes that are happening when you sleep. But that's not really a nope a why. Nope, certainly not. <laughs> it just we don't know specifically why, but what we do know is that if you take sleep away it, it's catastrophic right there have been yes you know we talked about animal experimentation quite recently i believe there have been some intense intensely insightful and fucked up animal experiments on sleep deprivation oh boy uh guess what happens if you uh starve a cat of sleep for 40 days 40 days yeah it just dies I... right uh, oh wait, no, fourteen. Holy shit, they last a long time. Um, <laughs> just, <laughs> like, yeah, damn straight, it would die. Going. No, how did they no, no, keep? No. The, I don't. I'm gonna regret asking this, but how did they keep the cat awake for fourteen days? <sighs> it's it's look, it's for science, okay. But uh, a domestic cat placed on a small island, surrounded by cold water, uh-huh. okay. When the cat uh, goes into uh, REM sleep and it relaxes, its skeletal muscles relax, it ends up going into the water, plunging into the water, which wakes it up straight away. it right up. Right? Yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, That's horrible. Sorry, Richard. Yeah, sorry, mate. I'm not not endorsing this. Fuck's sake. I'm not. It wasn't me. I didn't fucking do it. Right? And I asked. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And again, I was wrong with both the four weeks and... uh, sorry the 40 days and the 14 days because this to quote from the paper the effect of this on the cat's physiological and behavioral functioning was observed over a period of 70 days 70 goddamn days doing this 70 yep 70 70 days and it died how did it not die sooner Uh, how long can people last ah more on that in a sec but the longer the okay. cat was deprived of REM sleep, the more attempts it made to enter REM sleep, the cat became progressively more disturbed and eventually died. So we'll stop talking about that now because it's grim. Yeah, because it's horrifying. Yeah, yeah but the same uh, goes for rats. Okay. Uh, uh, <laughs> interestingly, right, when a similar experiment was conducted with rats, rats ate more progressively as they grew mm-hmm. more and more fatigued yet continued to lose weight that's very interesting to me huh that yeah. is really fascinating because the the idea of the, the eating more so i believe you looked at this um uh there's a specific sleep disorder mm. um where it usually appears in like teen boys uh, and they'll sleep for like 20 to 23 hours a day. Yes. And one of the things with that was that like if you were to interrupt their sleep, yeah. one of the things that I read was that they would do compulsive things like that. That yes. like they'll suddenly just like eat a yes. whole ton uh, uh, all at you're once. You know? Speaking of Klein-Levin syndrome. That's the one. Mm. Um, v- very rare, luckily, but a disorder which causes periods of intense and excessive fatigue and sleepiness. Uh, in some cases, as you said, they're up to 20 hours a day spent 
asleep. Um, crazy. Yeah, strangely, uh, 70% of people are male who suffer from this, and largely teenage boys develop the condition more than any other group. Is there a, um, like, do they have a guess as to why that is? So, it might. Okay, so episodes can be triggered from other symptoms, right? So, mm, mm-hmm. um, epilepsy is often oh, a sure. contributing factor. So, uh, reduced blood flow to certain parts of the brain during seizure. That can trigger it. But it's it's unpredictable. It can come and go. It can, it can recur suddenly over a period of weeks and then, pang, gone. Hmm. I mean, which is, I guess that's better than some of these things that just last forever. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, the list of sleep disorders is incredibly long. Yes. It's one of those systems, one of those functions, like I said, that we all have to do or we lose our fucking shit. Yes. But it could go wrong in such an incredible variety of ways. <laughs> yeah. Reading about this stuff is terrifying because, as yeah. you said, sleep is something we all have to do and we don't, you know, ideally don't have to think much about doing it. Yeah. And these things that can interfere are, are terrifying. I know that, like, uh, when I was in high school, I had a friend who um, he had night terrors, okay. um, which are fairly common, but they're essentially sort of like extremely vivid yes. nightmares. Yes. Um that someone has like you know they're mobile enough to fight back and you know mm-hmm. really react to mm-hmm. um, when they're happening. And I remember sleeping over at his house one one night, and I was on the couch, and he was on the floor, and he had one of these night towers terrors. And I swear to God, you would have thought he was actually being murdered. And wow. it was like one of the scariest experiences I of my life. Just sitting there as this person is just screaming bloody murder and like wow. trying to fight the air. You know, while he's having this night terror. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's crazy. See, and then on the other end of that, like, Duncan, who was yeah. on the show a while back, he gets sleep paralysis. Wow. Um, and sleep paralysis uh, is, like, common enough. About 8% of the population is estimated to get sleep paralysis. Uh-huh. Um, and that's in part because it's part of, like, a, a normal element of our sleep cycle so essentially it's uh the like semi-conscious moments before and after sleep are when this recurred Mm. or occur and it's like a mixed state of consciousness kind of like how we were talking about lucid dreaming right like where you're falling asleep and you can control Mm. that it's sort of similar to that um you have a loss of muscle control called atonia Mm. uh, and it's a part of REM sleep uh, the part of sleeping, of course, where most of your dreaming occurs. So brain signals reduce our muscle tone, inhibiting motion and preventing us from acting out our dreams, which yep. is a good thing. There are sleep disorders that <laughs> stop that from happening. Yes. And you don't want that to happen. So you're supposed to be paralyzed when you sleep. But what can happen is that you end up in this mixed sleep state. And as a result, you are kind of awake but you are in that paralysis state that you would normally be in when you dream. And a lot of times, like I, I mentioned this, I think in our rapture. So it might've been in a different one. 
like it was kind of a given uh when i was in college like that demons existed and things like that and so people would talk about like I oh i had a demon on my chest you know talk-a-lash, i woke up the yeah <laughs> like, i woke up and i had a demon on my chest and people talked about this all the time what? this is a thing in sleep paralysis that has like tons of history for example in italy uh people talk about a witch a ghost or a horrid humanoid cat, uh-huh. uh, which they call the panda fece. Uh, and you're supposed to ward it off with a broom placed outside your bedroom door. Uh, in Newfoundland, it's known as the old hag. Uh, the Inuit look at it as a shamanistic attack. In Brazil, it's called the pisadera and is described as a crone with long fingernails who lurks on roofs at night and tramples the chest of those who sleep on a full stomach belly up. And these, so these are all, all these... kind of regional Yeah, very regional. Names so for sleep, paral- sleep paralysis. All sleep paralysis oh, and that. these different sort of folkloric ways mm. that people have interpreted it. And in fact, sleep scientists have noted that the way that you experience sleep paralysis yeah. is often based on the folklore around it in your area. So like yeah. they compared like people in Egypt versus I think it was people in Denmark. And, like, people in Egypt who were scared of it and had folklore about it would experience it as, like, some specific entity. And people in Denmark who didn't believe in it would, like, didn't have the same kind of folklore around it would just experience it as sleep paralysis and not being able to breathe. Cultural fucking inception of, of, of a visual interpretation of a physical phenomenon. Yeah, isn't that bananas? That's incredible. That is incredible. Yeah. So for my community, my evangelical community, Mm. they were taught about demons and things like this. And so they interpret their sleep paralysis through the lens of their evangelicalism and would wake up and see a demon sitting on their chest when there was nothing there. Isn't that bananas? Uh, I love it. I love it. (laughs) What would be even more bananas would be if somebody from a different region came to stay and saw right. their version of the fucking sleep paralysis <laughs> demon now you're talking that's an entirely different kettle of fish but interesting about the muscle piece right um yeah uh laura would deny it but she's always asleep she has restless leg syndrome like an absolute Ooh, mad lad i right? i have rls and it's not fun no not in the le- not at all i mean it's fine for her because she's asleep however oh on nights, <laughs> on nights when her restless leg syndrome kicks in, literally every five or six seconds, bang, she'll kick me in the shin. Three, mm. four, five, bang, kick. Three, uh, four, five, oh my gosh. bang. And it's 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 tough because she'll then complain because I'm physically pushing her away. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Oh, wake up. Stop fucking kicking me in the leg. Um, and interestingly, restless leg syndrome is twice as likely to feature in women. It is, yeah. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the the, the it's weird thing. how there's like multiple sleep disorders that are gendered in these weird ways, isn't it? Again, the, like what's happening here? Have you ever had that thing? I'm certain you'll be able to relate to this, right? Where for some yeah. reason you'll be falling asleep, you'll be like in that weird hinterland betwixt consciousness and sleep. Yeah. And bah, you'll just oh. fucking. Dream I did that, that so bad the other night that I hit my head on my bedside table. <laughs> <laughs> Why am I laughing? Sorry, that's a 
But you know, it's ridiculous. But you'll yes, be dreaming that you've fallen off a chair, or you'll be dreaming yes, that you've constantly. you've fallen off a bike, or you've tripped over something, and meh, you'll just jerk <laughs> yourself awake and look like an absolute weirdo. Yeah. Um, because ah, oh, man, some of these fucking sleep disorders. I until today <laughs> uh, had never heard of the wonderfully named exploding head syndrome. <laughs> I mean, my God. That is. Uh, I almost vivid. want exploding head syndrome just to be able to say, <laughs> "Sorry, I'm a I bit fucking tired today." It's my exploding head syndrome is is uh, is is playing up. <laughs> um, that's one of those disorders, much like I just described, where you'll be kind of just nodding off in that kind of parallel Twilight Zone universe between the two states, and you'll hear inside yourself. A gigantic noise. It might sound like a car crash or it might sound like a bomb exploding or it might sound like, you know, some kind of crazy explosion <gasps> and it'll wildly jerk you awake. Totally harmless. Yeah. Unless you twat yourself on the corner of a... Of a right, yeah. You know, of, of your, of your <laughs> bed stand. Um, I wonder if too is like... Yeah, it's... I had... I don't have that persistently, but there was a time that I was on a plane... Mm. Um, and I had like, I think, I can't remember if we were just on the runway or what, but someone on the plane started screaming, just like screaming bloody murder. And I'm terrified of flying as we've discussed. Uh, so it broke me the hell out, obviously hearing someone scream like that. And for like six months after that, I would hear a scream and wake up. Wow. In the in wow. the night, like while I was, you know, drifting to sleep or whatever, I'd suddenly just hear this blood curdling scream and wake up. So mm-hmm. I wonder, like, when people who experience this regularly, if it is just like a weird brain misfire or if it's mm-hmm. a reaction to something, you know, like, is it a trauma response to to something like that? Because it was gone after a while once, like, the trauma of that experience kind of wore out of my consciousness yeah i mean i don't have the, that anymore particularly with exploding head syndrome i could just say it as many times as i like it it still would not <laughs> be any less cool uh theories abound is it a tiny little seizure in the temporal lobe mm. is it mm-hmm. is it a balance thing is it a shift in the inner ear fluids of your cochlea and your ears is it stress related is it anxiety related there's no real consensus on what's causing it because i guess stuff That's like that is really scary thing about this stuff is so much of oh, it yeah. is Arbitrary. they have no idea exactly why well, yeah. it's happening exactly because this stuff must be fucking difficult to study accurately right because you mm. never know when it's going to happen you don't know right you know it tends to happen in the middle of the fucking night <laughs> right you know when, <laughs> when everyone's asleep yeah um <laughs> And you, and not always, right? So you can do yeah. sleep studies and things like that. But, you know, there's stuff like sleep apnea. Like, that happens most of the time. Okay, you can find that. But yeah. when someone's exploding head is going to kick in. Exploding head syndrome. Yeah. That's... I mean, it's by no means the most terrifying sleep disorder, though. No. I think we both agree on what gets oh, yeah. that honor. Uh, FFI, uh, largely... Known as fatal familial insomnia. So, shit, man. allow me. Well, look, you don't need to overthink FFI. Fatal familial insomnia is a uh, a spongiform disorder of the brain, much like Creutzfeldt-Jakob's, much like Mad Cow. But the main symptom of fatal familial insomnia is 
you don't sleep. Yeah. Like a something described it as like an awake coma. Yep. It's like a reverse coma. You don't sleep until, like a cat on an island, you die. Yeah, man. I think one of the things that's so interesting about this one, too, is sort of how it was discovered, if you will. Oh, go on. Because did you read about this, about the, I believe it's the Silvano family was mm. the name? Did you I come know, across this? I know. Uh, no, no, I did not, in fact. Go on. Okay, let me pull this up real quick. Um, yeah, the Silvano family. So... Let me just read you a little bit from this BBC article. Uh-huh. Um, and I don't know why, for some reason, it doesn't give this particular guy's first name. It just refers to him as Silvano the entire article. Um, like Prince. But here we go. Silvano was on a cruise ship when the family curse struck. An elegant 53-year-old with striking red hair who enjoyed wearing a tuxedo at every possible occasion, he tried to present himself for the poise of the film stars he admired. But while on the ship's dance floor one evening, he was embarrassed to find that his shirt had become drenched in sweat. Concerned, he examined himself in a mirror, only to find that his pupils had shrunk to two tiny black pinpricks. It was the same glassy-eyed stare that had afflicted his father and two sisters at the beginning of their mysterious illnesses. He knew this was just the beginning. Tremors, impotence, and constipation could follow, but the most terrifying symptom would be the disappearance of sleep, almost total insomnia for months, a kind of waking coma that ultimately would end in death. So he went to the uh, University of Bologna's sleep unit for further study, and he basically said to them, I'm going to stop sleeping, and with eight, within eight or nine months, I'll be dead. Uh, and they were like, um, how do you know that? Uh, and he, he then drew a genealogical tree from the 18th century all by heart. He could wow. name family members who had succumbed to the same fate. Wow. And as he predicted, less than a couple years later... Uh, he died, and he left his brain to science in hopes that it might shed some light on the strange disorder that had plagued his family. Incredible. So basically, this was like, this was the kind of thing where I'm sure it was happening to people, um, but without that genealogical view, people yeah. didn't know that this was a genetic thing, that something was happening that was causing this within families to happen. But the Silvano family had been keeping track of this, and it was like, you know all the way back incredible that it was known as the family curse exactly that Uh they would just get this and die so you know his his dad and his sister had gotten it uh, like a niece you know things like that people he could go back and back and back and find like hey Mm. this happens a lot in our family um and that was kind of how they determined hey there's like this thing that is affecting people is actually Mm. Um, genetic mm. and it's that kind of what's that uh the uh what kind of genetic disorder that they call that it's a, a prion 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 mm-hmm. yep is it prion i would say prion okay uh it's a prion disorder but which then again is i would say a... anthony so that's fucking true I can't you know? <laughs> take my word for it say all sorts <laughs> of shit it's a good point um Prions occur when a normal protein in our bodies gets folded into an unintended shape. Mm. Uh, which So all proteins in our bodies get folded into complex origami-like ways that we don't fully understand. And those yep. folds are crucial to the protein's ability to function normally inside our cells. 
if that folding gets fucked up, it can cause all kinds of or horrible, yeah, terrifying yeah, yeah. things to happen amongst those being this fatal fam- familial insomnia. So it's caused by a prion version of the PRP protein, which is found throughout our bodies, and its functions are not super well understood. Isn't that incredible so, that when shit like that goes down, it's almost as though you're just spinning a wheel and seeing what fucked up symptom right. occurs. Exactly. It's just, that is terrifying to me. You know, it's, it's again, I keep coming back to what you said at the beginning, this idea of, like, your body is supposed to do certain things automatically. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and when it doesn't do those things right awful things can happen so the yeah. idea of like a protein misfolding like yeah. that's just shitty luck of the genetic draw mm. <laughs> and like it could you know it can just happen and do terrible things to you and when you are not sleeping i mean all kinds of stuff follows that we know what it feels like at least on a small level to be mm. sleep deprived everyone's been sleep deprived at some point in their lives yeah yeah um I always, I, I used to describe it as almost being out of phase with the rest of the world. Mm, yeah, that's a good description. There's, uh, this is a, 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 maybe a niche reference, right? And mm-hmm. I can't remember the specific episode, right? But there's an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation, right? Okay. Where for some reason... This isn't like the Alfred Hitchcock presents. I can't. Really <laughs> You're not gonna recite no. it exactly as it happened. There's so uh, Picard and the lads, I think, are off on uh, on like an away trip on a shuttle, and they get back and they see the Enterprise almost stuck in time, and the warp core is about to fucking blow up, right? Uh-huh. So they go over there to check it out, but because it's out of sync with the rest of reality, you spend too long over there and you go insane. Right. Remember that. Vaguely. My little Jordan, sister is probably yelling the exact like episode there you go. There's, there's a, right there's now. There's a wonderful yeah. bit where Picard is in the engine room and the warp core is just fucking exploding and he's drawing smiley faces in the smoke and laughing. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. That's what yeah. sleep deprivation is like. You're a part yeah. of the world, yet you're not quite a part of the world. You're on yeah. a different fucking plane as everybody else and it's dangerous and it's terrifying. But it's also very, very, very interesting when you're there. Sleep deprivation can be fascinating yes, when you're going through it. If 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 you've got the kind of self-awareness to really know what's going on and to be in it and inhabit it, uh, times when, when I've been sleep deprived have actually been really, really interesting. I think I'm always just way too miserable to be interested in anything. I do not like not... <laughs> I like mm. to sleep. I'm a, I don't like being tired, so I've never found it particularly interesting. But it makes sense that you would. Past a certain point, it isn't... I wouldn't even describe it as being tired. Yeah. It, 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 that's that's the best way I can think of, of describing it, is you're not quite of the same reality as everyone else. Yeah. That's. I feel like I have a similar... I mean, it's just like my ADHD in general, you know? I always kind of feel that way, that I'm like, I'm in like a separate plane, especially when it hits really hard, yes. where I'm like, I am not functioning. Mm. In the same timeline yeah. or universe as yeah. everyone else is yeah. here. I'm just, like, completely dissociated mm. from it. Uh, yeah, and I don't love that. <laughs> Not my favorite feeling in the world, and especially when you add being sleepy on it. And I guess, 
it's only interesting and it's only fascinating if you know full well that all you have to do to bring the experiment to a close is just to go the fuck to bed. Right. You know, I guess it would <laughs> cease to be fascinating and interesting and a lovely sociological experiment yeah. if the family curse was kicking in and you knew that in a few months' time you'd be literally dead tired. Yeah. And after, you know, months of your body's functions not working the way that they're supposed to and hallucinating and sweating and just everything shutting down and you just die. Like what a horrendous thing to know. Yes. For like, cause it's not immediate, you know, (laughs) it's, Oh, I have, it's going to be like a year or so of just worsening sleep deprivation. Yes. 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 That's one of the most horrendous things I can think of as a, it is. As a death. And your body could just do that. <laughs> your body can just do that. <sighs> there, I mean, there are more that I was going to talk about. I mean, there's the oh, sexomnia, which is everything mm. that it sounds like. Oh my. Uh, sexomnia is the syndrome whereby uh, in a, in a, a somnambulist state, of mm-hmm. semi-consciousness while still being unconscious, uh, sufferers will perform compulsive sexual behavior, whether oh, that's, what? you know, onanistic, should we say, sure. or <laughs> whether it's unwanted advances on people around you, whether it's unwanted Yikes. advances on, you know, gropey behavior. Um, right. I did the gropey movement with my hand there. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> I saw that, yes. Yep. Um, <laughs> it really painted a picture for me. I was fascinated to find deeply and sincerely fascinated to find that the sexomnia defense has been used very recently and quite often in the UK in rape cases. People have been exonerated in the UK, absolutely have been exonerated in the UK and have avoided prison uh, due to a diagnosis, a clinical diagnosis of sexomnia. Very recently, in November last year, a guy from Scotland, um, a guy by the name of Daryl Swanson, 40-year-old guy, uh, he was charged with three historic counts of rape. Right? Yeah. But uh, had a a clinical sleep specialist who you know, thoroughly, thoroughly looked into the case, ascertained that the guy had no recollection of what he'd done. I was wondering, I was like, do you remember it after? Exactly. He had absolutely no recollection of what he'd done. Um, The guy made no attempt to cover it up or hide or to lie his way out of it. Uh, to, To quote this clinician, the defendant had a history of sleepwalking, jumping out of his bed because he thinks spiders are in his bed. He talks in his sleep. Um... And has a history of nocturnal groping behaviour. Huh. And avoided prison and walked free because of sexomnia. That's wild. Happened again in 2019. A sleepwalker uh, who avoided, (coughs) again, avoided prison, but was put on an offender's register and was ordered to uh, inform anyone who he lived with and anybody who he stayed with. Ordered by the court to to uh, disclose, disclose to anyone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. By the way, I yeah, might. that makes sense. That yeah. feels, you know, it's sure that sucks to have mm-hmm. that kind of thing uh, going on. But you really got to tell people. Yeah. 
once you know that that's a thing that happens, you got to tell people. There is a very clearly established legal precedent for huh. sexomnia defense in the UK. Very interesting indeed. Huh. And it's not even a thing <coughs> I've heard of before. Mm, there you go. Fascinating stuff. Um, I, I, I happen to think that this topic of... I mean, I know it's one we've talked about before, right? But the myriad ways in which the most benign systems of your body can go horrifically, like horror film, wrong. Um, yeah. I'm reminded of a documentary I saw. Mm, go back maybe 10 years. And I forget the name of the condition, but there's a genetic disorder whereby sort of in the same family, I would guess, is hemophilia. Uh-huh. Uh, a blood and a tissue disorder that can cause abrasions and cuts and tissue injuries on your body to heal with bone what I'm no serious. i am fucking telling no. you i'm telling you so where scar tissue would form over cuts <gasps> your body gets it wrong and you ossify over time because you heal oh with bone God. spurs extending through your skin and you end up just freezing like a statue over time because the mind, the tiniest abrasion will heal with a covering of bone instead of healthy tissue. Oh my god! Yeah, honestly, your your body is just there's yes. so much waiting for the chance. Waiting, waiting for the chance. Mark, listen, hey, we're not done. We're not done because speaking oh. of waiting, who okay. do you think is cinema's most authentic psychopath? Which character would you say is cinema's most authentic psychopath? Right. Uh, okay, so you said it was within the past few years. Yeah, it was in two thousand eight. I'm gonna. I'm gonna give you more clues. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna say. It down. Okay, I had I had a guess, but now you're. It was a. Oh, a it won awards. Funny. Is it the Joker? It is not the Joker. Okay. Uh, won awards two thousand eight. Yeah, I'm just gonna tell you, cinema's most convincing psychopath. Is Anton Chigger, played by Javier Bardem ah! in Most Country for Old Men. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Oh. Congratulations that... if you got that right. Congratulations. If you got that's that a right. that's a good one. If I had thought more about that, I probably could have figured yep. that out. That scared the shit out of me. I... <laughs> yeah. And that's now a the scary ass dude. Of truth. Okay. Why now the did... moment of truth? Why, Cory? Why did, did the lady she kill her sister? Kill her sister? I genuinely cannot think of a reason. I've got like but not related to the story. Okay. I'm glad. <laughs> I'm glad you can't think. Because if without missing a beat you'd said to me, Oh well obviously she was hoping the guy would turn up to her sister's funeral too. <laughs> that's fucked, dude. Yes. That's <laughs> if you'd said that. We're done. In fact, if you'd said yeah. that, I, uh, you would be a guest on next week's episode, not co-host. <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. That's... Okay, but how did they come up with this question? I don't know. I don't know who originated the question. All I know is that it's it's internet fucking junk psychology. But it's, yeah, it's, totally. it's, it's a fun talking point. That is. That's good. Yeah. Mm. I, uh, I like it. Thank yes. you for that, Mark. Good. You're welcome. And I feel You're very all comfortable welcome. that I'm not a psychopath. Good. As do I. Or I'm just not a very creative one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're a lazy psychopath. <laughs> the worst kind. <laughs> so, friends, I hope you, too, had no answer for that question. And if mm. you did, 
might be time to see a therapist. Let us know. Uh, do please let us know. Do let us know. Yeah. If you even like any answer that you came up with that, mm. like, please tell us what you thought might have been the case there. Maybe you overthought it, went a little too Agatha Christie on it. We want to know what you came up with. <laughs> so let us know on the socials. Join us for book club. Give us a, a rate and review. Drop us those five stars on Apple so more people can hear us. Um, and any, am I missing anything, Mark? No, I don't think so. Other than once again, it's a absolute treat to be back in the co-pilot mm. seat. So happy to have you, Mark. So until next time, stay spooky, friends. Sleep well.